Welcome to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter. I'm Richard Bliss, the host. Uh, this is being uh, simultaneously video and audio, so if you're on the web, you obviously see me, but if not, you're just a regular listener, you're listening to me, and this is episode 117. This episode, I have the opportunity of, of speaking with somebody who had, did something in 10 hours that many people wish that they could do in the lifetime of their Kickstarter project. And I'm talking to Ryan Dancy, who is the CEO of Goblin Works, and his project, if you're in the video game, board game, or just in Kickstarter in general, are probably aware that just recently they did a million-dollar project, actually $1.09 million, around the Pathfinder Online MMO. Uh, Ryan, thank you for joining me. I'm glad to be here. Thank you very much for having me. Well, um, so let's talk, let's first introduce our listeners and our watchers, the people watching the video, kind of... Tell us a little bit about Goblin Works and the Pathfinder MMO. So Go- Goblin Works is a pure startup. Uh, we began operations earlier uh, in 2012, and our mission is to create a next-generation fantasy sandbox massively multiplayer online RPG, which the industry now abbreviates as MMO. Uh, the game is going to be based on Pathfinder, which is uh, the most successful uh, tabletop uh, uh, role-playing game that's in publication right now, and it's produced by our partner company, Paizo Publishing. So there's a very tight relationship between Paizo and Goblin Works. We share some executives, and uh, they're licensing their intellectual property to us to make the video game. Okay, so let's just uh, we'll cut right. We'll just go right to the heart of this. Your project uh, just ended recently. You raised one million nine hundred and some odd. No, one million yeah. ninety thousand. <laughs> right. Um, but what was remarkable is, is that so many of us tracked this project is with 10 hours to go, as I watched it, you were, you were still $100,000 short of your project. In the last 10 hours, you did almost $20,000 an hour, right? So uh, you raised an extra t- almost $200,000, $190,000 in the last 10 hours. Yep. Just so we make sure that we cover this right up front. How in the world, and that was, I, I saw you had almost 2,000 backers in that last 10 hours. Yep. How? Everybody wants to know, how did that happen? Uh, well, I have a couple of answers. Um, my first answer is that I think Kickstarter is changing. And I think that a lot of people have become very savvy about the idea that projects reveal and unveil uh, additional reward backers and add-ons and all kinds of special promotions throughout the life of the project. And so people are starting to get the idea that if they just wait until the last day before they back a project, they'll be able to see all of those options. And when they make their pledge, they'll be able to choose from the huge uh, smorgasbord of stuff that people have chosen to offer. Uh, Kickstarter has an option where if you visit a project page, there's a button you can click that says, Remind Me. And if you click that button, 48 hours before the project ends, Kickstarter sends you an email to remind you that that project is is finishing. So uh, it's... Partly, I think, due to that effect, that just a lot of people who were interested in Pathfinder Online delayed their pledge until the last day when they could see everything that was going to be offered. But, um, st- but still, I'm, I, I agree, but we're still talking about $200,000, 10 hours to go. The project's not going to make it. I mean, I'm even reading you know, a lot of the, the interviews that you were doing leading up to this. People were saying, well, you're at $700,000, that's great, but you're $300,000 short, and, and people were really doubting if you were going to be able to make it. Yeah, I, I think there was a lot of doubt. Um, so what, so, so was, was there a collective group of people who suddenly woke up and said, wow, if everybody who I don't know suddenly starts pledging, this thing's <laughs> going to make it? I mean, is that kind of... Yeah. Like- um, at, so at 6 o'clock in the morning, my time, which is, I'm on the Pacific Coast, so 9 o'clock Eastern time, we sent an email to 
each backer reward tier level, reminding them that they had pledged, telling them what they were getting for their reward because we'd added so much stuff. And we asked them to do two things. We asked them to pass that information along to one friend they thought would be interested in Pathfinder Online. And we asked them to talk about the project on their social networks. Sure. And I think those two things, that call to action was very successful. It, it is kind of a, a strange thing, but you really do have to ask for stuff like that. People don't just necessarily do it automatically. Uh, it's a classic thing if you're running for a political office. You have to ask for votes. And if you're running a Kickstarter, you have to ask for pledges. Um, and so in, this case, you're, so in this case, you had, within those last day, you had 6,000 backers. Yeah. And you, so you sent an email basically out to six, all 6,000 of them. Yep, exactly. We sent a custom email to each reward tier. Uh, so there's an option in Kickstarter where you can send a message to people who have backed at each tier. So for the $35 backers, we sent them a message that was slightly different than the message you sent the $100 backers. Uh, and so on and so forth. It was kind of not really personalized, but was specific custom. to what they had, had done. But it was uh, so they knew they weren't just getting some generic mass email. And so 6,000 emails went out, and it resulted then in uh, another 2,000 backers. So yeah. one-third. One it was yeah. almost like you know, two out of yeah. three people said, okay, and, they, and then one out of three said, okay, and they sent it off, and those people signed up. So that seemed to be a, very effective. Yeah, yeah. We had a, uh, we had a backer whose wife has uh, 1.8 million followers on Google+, and she uh, did a post about the project on to her Google+, followers. Um, I have a friend who uh, works out of the UK. She is very connected with a lot of Twitter, uh, active people who have really large Twitter audiences, and she kind of activated that network and asked for that message to be spread. So we got a lot of impact from Twitter. Um, but I also think that there's just a factor in Kickstarter where the last day is, is big. And I had told my staff going into the last weekend that if we got to 900000 we were going to make a million dollars. So when we hit 900000 at about 8 or 9 a.m. my time, uh, I knew we had it in the bag. And, and, did the, and, what, and what time did the project end? It ended at 6 p.m. Okay. Because, yeah, I checked in with 10 hours to go, and you had $900,000 to go with 10 hours to go. So that yeah. would have been, uh, yeah, about 8 or 9 o'clock in the morning. Right about that time, yeah. And uh, it was like, okay, we'll see if this thing makes it. But not only did you make it, but you, you, you needed $10,000 an hour. Yep. I think I even blogged about it briefly. Oh, I must have contributed to the success of your project. I know that. Very good. Yeah, I, <laughs> see, I it works. I don't think so. But $10,000 an hour, and suddenly you got $20,000 an hour. Yeah. And that's... I mean, even double fine, right? Because <laughs> they were doing a thousand. Well, they were doing at one point. They were doing a thousand dollars a minute. So okay. So you, it's kind of crazy. What's going through your emotions? Um, you're telling your team that, but everybody's got to be feeling some kind of anxiety because this. Oh now, yeah. Now you did say that you had financing lined up. That if this fell through, I saw several of the other interviews yeah. that you did. Yeah. But still, we're talking about a million dollars, right? Oh yeah, it's a huge deal. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, there wasn't a single person in this building that, that was 100% confident we were going to hit that goal. No, no question. Uh, you know, we had, we had a lot of reason to believe we would hit that goal, but um, it, was, it was a huge relief. Um, both getting to 900000 where I really did, my confidence level did go to close to 100%, but then hitting the actual million dollars itself was just awesome. And then just for, just for a moment, you're worried, okay, some of our bigger backers are going to fall out and we're going to drop below a million. I mean, yeah. right? That still goes through people's minds. 
Yeah, that's right. Although Kickstarter has a rule now that once you're funded, you can't reverse a pledge that would take you below the funding goal. In so, the last, right, in the last 24 hours, I think, is what Yeah, I'm that's saying. right. Yeah, on the last day, right. So once we hit the million we were in, we knew we had it, which was awesome. So. It was. So your project uh, has garnered a tremendous amount of attention, uh, much more, well, rather than compare it to anybody else. Let's just address that. Why do you think this project has gotten so much attention? Because you've got a ton of backers. Yeah. You, you get a lot of press uh, and a lot of people talking about it. What do you think is going on there? Well, our Kickstarter had a lot of unique aspects to it that, was, that are different than, than other large successful Kickstarters. This is our second Kickstarter for the same project. And I don't think that there have been any people who have attempted to do that yet. We ran a Kickstarter. There have been people who have done it, but not on the scale that you're doing it. Yeah. We ran a Kickstarter last summer for the, what we call the technology demo, which is basically a, a vertical slice build of uh, a very small part of Pathfinder Online that's primarily designed as a tool to show to investors, something we could walk into a meeting and say, look, we have a credible team. We can actually use all this technology we say we're going to use. We have an ability to produce 3D assets in a 3D world and run the client and server software, all the things that you basically need to have to make an MMO. It's not really an MMO, but it's enough of it to say we're legitimate. We can really do this. Um, we asked for $50,000 in that Kickstarter. We reached a 307000 So we had a really huge burst of community support behind the tech demo. And then we roll out our second Kickstarter, and there's certainly a lot of people saying, hey, didn't you already ask for this money? Why are you back asking again? Um, and we had kind of laid the groundwork for that. When we did the tech demo Kickstarter, we were very, very careful not to have any aspect of that Kickstarter overlap with the actual game itself. What does that, so, what does that, what does that mean? The rewards for the first Kickstarter were all things that had, uh, they were not related to the MMO. They were tabletop hobby gaming rewards and community benefits, things that weren't, that weren't a part of the game. And we messaged that Kickstarter very carefully. The name of the Kickstarter was the Pathfinder Online Technology Demo. And we communicated with our backers very clearly throughout that, that process, what it was, what we were building, why we were building it. Then we did an update to the backers of that Kickstarter about four or five days before we started the second Kickstarter that gave those backers for the first Kickstarter a breakdown of how we spent that money uh, what it had produced. We showed them a video of the tech demo so they could see the work that had been done. And then when we did the second Kickstarter, that's when we had rewards that were directly tied into the MMO, in-game benefits, subscriptions, access to the, to, the, uh, to the testing phases. So it was a very clear difference between the tech demo, which was not something that you were paying to play, and the MMO Kickstarter, which was absolutely about paying to play. Any idea what kind of crossover you got? How many people who uh, backed that first one, dipped in again, and basically double-funded double, double funded your project? I wish I had the answer to that question. I will have it. I just don't have it yet. I haven't right. you tried got a to ton do of, Right, you got a ton of data. Yeah, yeah. We, we'll have all of the Kickstarter usernames for both, uh, both Kickstarters. So we should be able to do a quick sample and just see how many are on both lists. I just haven't done it yet. So the, the, you got this attention. You did the, the demo. Then you did this one. When it came to doing this project, um, it appears that it, when it comes to video games, now we can talk about tabletop games and role-playing games uh, in Kickstarter, and they don't seem to have any problem, right? Numenera, half a million dollars. Yeah. We've got Fate Core with uh, Fred Hicks going right now. Yeah. RPGs seem to do very well on Kickstarter. Yeah. And, and it's easy to provide pledge levels yep. because there's product, there's PDFs, there's but when it comes to video games, it seems to be a boom or bust on yeah. Kickstarter, right? It's, it's, it's big, 
or it's little and there's just this wasteland in between. How difficult is it to build a Kickstarter campaign with reward levels for the game? Yeah. Not counting the not counting the uh, the the one you did last summer. I actually don't think we could have done the Pathfinder Online MMO Kickstarter, our second Kickstarter, if we had not had the ability to tie into the tabletop RPG product line. And the reason is that the budget we were asking for, the million dollars, has a concrete, uh, it, has a, it has a result for our development plan. It allows us to speed up the game substantially, speed up the development of the game. Under a million dollars, there are still some advantages, of course, but it's much harder to quantify what they would be. So at a million dollars, I could go to the fans and say, this will happen. We will speed this thing up by a year. It's a material, significant improvement. At a half million dollars, I couldn't really say that. I could say, it's going to speed up, but I don't know exactly by how much. That's really vague, and it's hard to sell that, that value proposition. Um, and I think a lot of video games have that problem. They have, they have budgets that are not as granular as a role-playing game budget. If they get a certain amount of money, something useful happens. If they get less than that, they can certainly do something with that money, but it's hard to explain exactly what that will be. Uh, whereas with a role-playing game or with any hobby gaming product, the incremental money involved to get to something that's meaningful is a lot smaller. It's tens of thousands of dollars, not hundreds of thousands of dollars. Right. So you know, we, we planned for that from the beginning. We had tabletop gaming elements of our video game Kickstarter for that reason. Because we knew we would be able to continue to expand the rewards with bonus content even before we actually reached our funding goal and start going into stretch goals. And I think that without that ability to kind of have those smaller pre-funding benefit improvements, it would have been much harder to get the million dollars in the end. Well, what kind of advice then do you give to somebody who is looking to come, who wants to repeat what you did? And that is, okay, I've got this great video game concept. I've proven the concept. I don't have a tabletop game to tie this into. Yeah. Uh, okay, so the advice that I like to give people who do Kickstarters is that Kickstarter is a fantastic way to monetize a pre-existing community. It's not a place to go and start the community. So the first thing that you need to do if you want to run a successful Kickstarter, especially if you want to run a really large successful Kickstarter, is you have to build a very good, very effective community somewhere else other than Kickstarter. And we have the advantage of being able to use the community of Pathfinder tabletop role-playing game fans that exists on uh, Paizo's website. We created a Pathfinder Online sub-forum on their message boards, and we've been building our own Pathfinder Online community there in conjunction with the tabletop fans. But uh, the guys at, uh, the guys at uh, uh, Project Eternity, you know, they leveraged a community of people who had been familiar with the games that they had made in the past. Uh, Chris Roberts leveraged the community of people who loved Wing Commander. Um, GOTUS uh, leveraged the community of people who follow Peter Molyneux. So the first thing you have to do is you have to get a community, and you have to build that community. And you have to assume that only a small percentage of that community will participate in the Kickstarter. So if you believe you need to get 10,000 backers for your Kickstarter, you may need to have fifty or 60,000 people that you can talk to effectively through, through whatever community it is that you've built. And, and uh, Ryan, you're exactly right with that. And honestly, the people I talk to so often... They do not want to hear that. Right? Yeah. They're impatient. They've got an idea. They want to take it live. I want to go now. If I just throw it up there, look at all this money that came into, and let's use you guys. Because yeah. they're not going to hear what you just said. What they're going to see is, this is a company that doesn't even have a game. They just had an yeah. idea. I have an idea. Why can't I get a million dollars? They got a million dollars. Yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you got to have that. Yeah. And unfortunately, we have to burst their bubble or they go out there and they try. And that's, I think, a lot of it has to do with the 
the uh, wasteland that's out there. Also, in your case, the pledge levels. Did you provide yeah. some unique pledge levels that maybe set this apart a little bit? Yeah, I think we did. Um, so we, we did a big exhaustive analysis before we launched our Kickstarter of trends in the Kickstarters that ran in 2012. I don't really think there's much value to look back to 2011 because no. Kickstarter itself is so different now. Yeah, it is. And, and so one of the things that we noticed is that the successful video game Kickstarters tended to have an average pledge level right around $35 to $50. The successful uh, hobby gaming and miniatures Kickstarters tended to have an average pledge level around $100. And so we kind of decided that we really wanted to try and be in a $100 group instead of the $35 group because it meant that we would have to get fewer people to back the project. Right. And my experience with uh, tabletop role-playing, tabletop hobby gaming, is that there are a lot of people in that market for whom the difference between $35 and $100 isn't really that meaningful. Uh, I don't mean to diminish that in any way to say that there's not a difference. There is. But these people tend to be hobbyists, and hobbyists like to spend money on their hobby, and they have the ability to spend $100. If they have the ability to spend $35, they usually have the ability to spend $100. So we built our $100 pledge as the place where the most value was available to the backer. Um, the pledges that are over $100 are more kind of gee whiz, fantasy level pledges where you get some really cool sure. stuff, but it's, it's kind of outside the realm of what we think the average backer is going to look at. Well, with, uh, that, with that said, though, you, with your uh, 8,000 backers, you averaged $125, so 25% higher than even your target. Yeah, we did. Some of that came from add-ons, I think. Uh, we offered a lot of people the ability to do add-ons from, from uh, I think the lowest one is $10 up to $100, up to $500, actually. And, so uh, add-ons were a big deal. And they have made a, a big difference. Ryan, thank you so much. I appreciate you taking the time. I know you've been, it's crazy busy. It's been an exciting time over there at Goblin Works, and we certainly congratulate you on the success that you've had. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Well, you've been listening to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter. This has been episode 117. Our guest has been Ryan Dancy, the CEO of Goblin, Goblin Works. And they just had Pathfinder uh, online Kickstarter raise one hundred, excuse me, one million ninety-one thousand dollars, and we appreciate him taking the time to listen. Always, it's great to have great guests who inspire us. I think that you've been inspired. We look forward to seeing your Kickstarter project out there, so we can help you fund your dream. Thanks for listening. Take care.